The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Farmer, psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, author, and teacher, and I'll be exploring with you ways to connect with spirit animals, ancestors, spirits of nature, how to heal from trauma, and many other topics. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Dr. Stephen Farmer once again, and uh, welcome back, or welcome to the show. And I have another beautiful guest. I just uh, am very, very blessed to bring Ana Maria Vasquez here for a conversation, really. We were talking about this just before the show started, that it really is uh, an interview, but it's really more of a conversation. And we certainly, I know from Ana Maria and the way we've tracked each other. I know that she's, uh, we have some very uh, similar kind of topics that we work with. So I want to read you a little bit from the website, um, which is, I don't want to forget that. I want to remember this intentiontraining.com, intentiontraining.com. And we'll bring that up again towards the end of the show. And here is a quote from the website, gives you some information about Anna Maria. I'm a natural energy reader and interpreter of sorts, and I lift the veil between what's happening in the three-dimensional world and the energetic patterns behind it. I have a profound connection with nature and animals and specialize in working with them because they act as mirrors to our inner landscape and help us make shifts that on our own we wouldn't do. As a multi-sensory intuitive, I'm able to tune in and see the places where your limiting beliefs are getting you stuck in old ways of being and showing up in the world and how that's affecting the animals you love. I'm also a shamanic practitioner and I serve on the faculty of the Academy for the Soul. That that more or less captures it, but, uh, you know, in a few words, but uh, I want to have the opportunity here for uh, people who are listening to get to know you a little bit more. So, Anna Maria, welcome to the podcast, Healing for Your Soul. Oh, my goodness, Dr. Farmer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted that we get to have these conversations. I'm so grateful that you have a platform like this where we can delve into these topics. Um, I know well before I was doing it professionally, right? I would just listen to all of these different kinds of interviews and read all of the books. And you were definitely one of those top authors for me, one of those top teachers. Thank you. 
and that's continued, right? I, I really, and people know this about you. What you see is what you get. And that is so refreshing in this world. And you've just been such a valuable mentor and, and colleague to me. Thank you. I'm, I'm super grateful to be here. Well, it's very kind of you. Thank you. That's that's good heart medicine, you know, yeah. so, to hear that. Um, and again, we share a lot of commonality in our interests, you know, nature spirits, animal spirit guides, etc. In fact, in the sentience series that there's uh, several authors involved, including myself, uh, you have one on nature. And again, for the listeners, the series itself uh, focuses on a particular topic. Uh, Ariel, who of Sacred Stories, has found different um, people in the field, such as yourself, that can, uh, let's say, write the front end and the back end, you know, something about nature and then conclusion, you know, in the final chapter. But in the meantime, several people have submitted stories, you know, of their encounters, of their experiences with that topic, which yours is nature. So one of my, my first question really, Anna Maria, is how did you evolve into doing this kind of work? Yeah, you know, my deepest desire was to talk to the animals, to be an animal communicator. And I grew up seemingly normal, right? I, I didn't even know that word. I didn't know there was any kind of a job like that. We didn't, it just wasn't there at that time. But I knew I had a profound connection with animals and with nature. And, and I grew up in a very chaotic environment. And so my, my refuge was nature. I would run out to the trees. I would run out to where the animals were, all of those pieces. So fast forward in my life, right? I did everything I was supposed to be doing. I did, you know, I was well papered from the outside looking in, everything looked really good, but I was miserable inside. I, I would cry on my way to work and I had really good jobs in the corporate world, but I knew something wasn't right. And I knew that it just felt like that rock in the shoe, right? Like something's not right. So uh, I had a life tsunami. Everything fell apart. I lost my job. I lost my partner. I lost my home. Um, mm -hmm. One of my soul animals died. And this was like in a very short, condensed amount of time, like most dark nights of the soul are. It comes on very quick. And so there I am, right, sitting in the rubble that used to be my life. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to rebuild, clearly, but I only want to do this if I can do it authentically, if I can do it in a deep connection and really dive in to all these spiritual platitudes, right, these universal principles that I've heard of, but that kind of to me at the time felt like, well, maybe they're just a bunch of hooey designed to make me feel better till I finally die, right? <laughs> and so how am I going to do this? I'm going to take it into my living laboratory and I'm going to see how this works, if it works, if I can really talk to animals and let's see. Otherwise, right, I'm going to have to come up with some other idea or plan here. So I went in for the deep dive and uh, the story is outlined in, in the nature book, in the Common Sentience book. Um, I had a teacher who had me go out and spend uh, time with a tree every day. And she said, mm. all of us humans were wired to have these communications with all of nature and the animals. And right, I was very focused on animals at the time. And she said, this is going to help you raise your vibration and, and make this connection. So I went out and I did it every day for 30 days. And I got to tell you, I felt really silly, right? Like <laughs> there yeah. was nothing mystical. I just felt like, 
this weirdo with my hand on a tree. And I even told the tree, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't even understand how this could even work. So if you could take my little bit of faith in between all this skepticism I have and help me, that would be great. And so three weeks go by and nothing happens, like nothing. I don't even hallucinate anything. I just spend, you know, 30 minutes with a tree each day and I'm just talking to the tree, standing there. Sometime in the fourth week, I'm in my home, in my living room, and I asked a question out loud, right? Like sometimes when we're sitting there working, we kind of do. And I asked a question out loud and I audibly heard an answer. And so I sit up and I was like, that's weird. I heard it here in my home, but it feels like it came from outside. It feels like it came from that tree. So I stood up and I said, was that you? And I heard audibly again, yes. And I honestly thought I had a psychotic break, right? I thought, oh boy, this is it. I've been through a lot. This is, I've gone over the edge. All right. Well, okay. I have no resources. I can, I can deal with this. But let me in the meantime, engage this talking tree. And so I said, I don't even know how this can work. And the first thing that came out of my mouth, and this is like the humanness of all of us, was I asked to talk to animals. I don't know what to do with the talking tree, <laughs> which now, right, like it's so embarrassing to admit that that was my first reaction to this, you know, magical, mystical experience. But I am nothing if I'm not 100% human. <laughs> and yeah. the tree explained, I heard a chuckle come back, uh, and which made me happy that I hadn't offended this amazing being. And, and she said, this is a step you're raising your vibration, the animals will come. And sure enough, within six weeks, I want to say I was having pretty profound experiences with uh, animals showing up. And and then it just took off from there. And so my focus really had been the animals, but I never left this connection with nature. And and the trees became amazing teachers to me and, and took me under under their branches several times uh, to teach me different things about the mechanics of what's going on in the natural world with the energy. And so I was honored when I was approached to, to head up the nature book, because I feel like these are things we just don't talk about and yet we all have access to it. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great story, Anna Maria. Yeah. I, I think sometimes that it's, um, it's like a mentor of mine many, many years ago, and, and I supposedly was doing therapy. It was after a time I was broken, uh, you know, a period of suffering, uh, which, I, by the way, I think is often the, uh, the way God sort of uh, kicks us in the butt, you know, and says, okay, get going, dude, you know, God's spirit. <laughs> you know, I, I use those terms interchangeably anyway. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, Paul, Paul Fairweather, dear ancestor now, that um, occasionally shows up. But I remember he said when we were having the sessions, and it, it, it was like this, you know, it was more of a conversation than anything, but very um, affirming, you know, from an elder. Now I am an elder, but then it was talking to an elder mentor. Anyway, he said something that always stayed with me. And, and the meaning of it took on greater proportions as time went by. But he, he a short, wiry guy, you know, he's really intense, just really had this great intensity. And he said, you know, Stephen, I think all these things we do, like encounter trainings and therapy and workshops and classes and stuff like that, 
I think it's just to help us remember who we really are. And I think your story tunes into that is there's a remembrance, a deep remembrance, but it's often untapped. The gift that you bring, Anna Maria, is that you're teaching others. And I want to hear more about this from you, but you're showing and teaching others, demonstrating through your just your own experiences, but also finding that the platitudes, I think is what you call them, wow, they're more than just philosophical aphorisms. <laughs> there really is truth in this. We are connected, you know, deeply connected. Anyway, so um, let's talk about your work. You know, what, what kind of things do you offer? What's your service? Well, first of all, it's so honoring that, that you recognize that in what I'm doing, because it's great that I can talk to a tree, right? It's great that I can talk to a rock or an animal. But what's more important to me is that everybody remembers that they can do it, too. Right. I think about it a lot like and maybe this is a, a dated analogy anymore, but like changing the oil in my car. Right. Like it's important that I know how to do things like that. Now, most of the time I pay somebody else to do it because I don't want to do the time or get dirty or things like that. And I feel the same way with our intuitive abilities. I think it's important that everybody knows how to access that so they have that connection. So they have that on-demand guidance. You know, you talk about that so much in your work, too. And I'm grateful that people still reach out and, and want to do sessions. And, and I'm so honored. I also get to read for a lot of professional readers, which is so humbling and honoring to me as well. And it goes back to that piece about it's not about any of us being so special. I mean, we're all special and unique. But it's more about it's just how we're wired as humans. And that's what I like to help people remember, to have their own remembrances, to understand the mechanics of how this energy works. It's not, it is mysterious and it's amazing. But there are also some well-worn paths that we've learned from you know, those who went before us to remind us. So mm -hmm. I, I am often a featured expert to talk about these things. Again, whether it's the um, energy that comes from the animals, from the rocks, the lakes, the trees, the mountains, um, also just an understanding of ourselves and how we run energy. For so many of us who are high sensitives, it hasn't been a gift our whole lives. You know, it felt more of a curse, right? When you feel everything and you don't understand, right? That was part of my tears driving to work. I could feel the weight of everything and I could feel how right. out of alignment I was with myself, just trying to do what I thought I was supposed to be doing to be happy, which had nothing to do with true happiness yeah. and true connection. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and again, uh, referring back to my comment about that is, is I, I do find that there's one of a couple things that could happen in a period of suffering like that, you know, and you suffered tremendous loss, you know, from what you said, Anna Maria, and that's that you could sort of cave into it. Or something else comes in to inspire whatever you, name you want to give that something else, spirit, God, Krishna, you know, it doesn't really matter, but some other force comes in and starts sort of niggling you, <laughs> you know, like, Anna Maria, Anna Maria, wake up, 
you know, something, something along those lines. Anyway, different ways to describe it. Yeah. But you heard the call. And I think this can inspire other people too. pay attention to the call. Yes, it's sometimes scary. It's really, not sometimes. I think it is scary to jump off the edge, right? Yeah, I'm sure absolutely. you. I'm sure you had some fear, you know, but something else was driving you, or you could say calling you, or a little of both. So um, I appreciate what you are doing in the world. I appreciate you because mm-hmm. one person affects another, and then affects another, and then affects another. You know, yeah. and that's this reawakening process that's going on amongst many, many humans right now, you know, uncovering that deep ancestral memory of like, oh, of course, talk to a tree, of course. Right. You know, now, now you can say that. Oh, of course. <laughs> I heard from the tree. Yeah. Great story. So um, let's say just if I ask you this, let's say with my dog, you know, that I want to tune in, you know, to get some sort of communication. And I, I'm just talking uh, because I got a couple dogs. I'm using dog as an example. It could be a horse, could be you know a cat, could be a turtle. You know, but what advice would you give me? I I know that's hard to summarize in 25 oh, words or that, less. I, mean, I, I think that's perfect, and I feel like it is the crux of all of this. Again, whether we're talking about nature, whether we're talking about animals, the way that it has all been revealed and unfolded to me is around these aspects of the natural world. Again, animals, rocks, trees, lakes, landscapes, whatever, that they all act as messengers for us. And so those messages are really about our inner terrain, what's going on, what's being reflected back. So it's, it's, it's abundant in your work, right? We're out for a walk and we see a hawk and we start to think about, you know, getting a different perspective and our vision on things, all of those pieces. Now, when we move to our companion animals, those animals who live with us, right, in our energy field, there's even more that's going on, another level of those messages that are coming back to us. And the way that it's been described to me from the animals is we have those places in our inner psyche that we don't either we don't know about or we don't want to look at, right? There's not enough motivation uh, in our everyday life for us to go in those boxes and Mm. to go in those corners. But when something shows up in our animals, we're quick to get on it, right? Because we have this big connection with them. We love them. We, We don't want to see them suffer. And the beauty is the more aware and conscious we get of the energy that they're presenting or reflecting back to us, the more we can begin to shift it and create a change for the animal as well. That's one of the first things that people ask me is, well, how, how can I help my animal? Well, the first thing is to be responsible for your own energy. We have this connection with them where just by design, they naturally take on excess energy that we can't process, don't know how to process, or just won't process. And just like us, right, when there's too much energy that gets stagnated in our body somewhere or in our field, we'll have a disease of some sort show up, some kind of physical yeah. or emotional or, or behavioral kind of symptoms show up. It's the same thing with our animals. And so when there's too much of that, whether from their own you know, their own contract or from us, it will begin to show up as a behavioral or physical symptom. And so I, what I have found and where I have found the most traction is let's look at what, what are they presenting? 
And now let's look at the energy behind it. And as soon as me as the human, as soon as I can get that and get some insight or at least roll it around in my head, it allows me to have some awarenesses and shift that. That takes that excess energy off the animal who can then return to their balance. And what I found is when we layer, you know, the physical aspects of care, you know, whether that's with your holistic veterinarian or, or whatever medical team you work with with your animals, couple that with the energetics, we really see things move. And we really start to see even those miracles start to happen or lab results change just based on the human going, ah, I never thought of that before. And to me, that has been so profound, right? And I have a 150 pound Great Dane and some horses and some chickens and a cat that keep me, you know, on the straight and narrow all the time. I don't have a lot of margin for error before one of them will show something back to me that, and I'm like, all right, let me get, let me get my center again. Let me come back <laughs> to what's important. <laughs> you got a few helpers there. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Great. And very uh, excellent description, too, of the process. I like what you said. You said what the animal is presenting, and then you switch to reflecting. And I could see how that could be seen really as both. And the other um, thing that you mentioned in when I was reading through the website is a collaboration with nature, with animals. That's one of my favorite words of the last several years, you know, that there's a collaborative process going on all the time. It's just, we got to turn the channel, you know, in our own heads and our own heart to be able to um, work with it that way, that it's not just the animal presenting it to me, but it's also reflecting something inside me. I think that's brilliant. So uh, thank you for that. Credit, right? I would love to take credit. My ego would love to take credit for that, but it really is what the animals have shared with me. And, and sometimes, right, like the grabbing me by the, you know, the lapel and saying human, <laughs> right? Like there's, there's some stuff here going on that yeah. you see and, and it's shifting from us doing things to the animals or doing things to nature to being in that collaboration, it's it's that unity consciousness in action, right? Those of us with the thumbs, mm. we've gone, we've taken it a little bit too far in we are the overseers of everything. And we've forgotten that there's other uh, constituents involved in this. And the more that we remember that, we live very differently. We move through the world in a different way. And we see our, our place in there in a whole different way. And, and we can yeah. be in that appreciative place of that connection because that's all any of us want. And we learned it through the time of the pandemic, right? Like that connection. We, we missed that, whether it was with other humans, whether it was with nature. For some people, it drove them into the woods, which is great. But that deep connection, that's just such a basic human need. 
Uh, you know, it really is. Um, I was thinking about, uh, I live in a fairly suburban area. Uh, my nature, uh, if I just walk out the door, is there's a few trees back there. We have a local park, etc. you know, which I'm totally grateful for, believe me, just magnificent trees. You know, there's some that I just, I've fallen in love with. Yes. Uh, there's one down the block, you know, in front of this one house. And I, I have to pause every so often and say hello. And uh, it's it just magnificent. Uh, it looks like an old one, kind of like I guess humans do when they get older, you know, kind of a little wrinkly in the skin <laughs> and a few branches have fallen off, that sort of thing. Anyway, um, but sometimes what happens when I go to the park is um, I'm walking my dog or dogs, if I take both of them. And I just was pondering philosophically, you know, what's the fundamental purpose of life? What's the foundational purpose? And I got an, I, an instant hit, you know, that voice that comes in that feels like it's outside and inside at the same time. And the voice, and that's what I call it sometimes, the, the voice just said, the, f- the fundamental purpose, it's to experience life, period. And and all the detail, the rest is all details. Yeah. So that I, and so I've made, um, I've set an intention that when I go there, at least for a few moments, is to just look around, breathe, and just feel uh, what I, the best word I've come up with is awe. But it's not a philosophy, it's not a cognitive process, it's not a mental process. The mental's involved, but sort of peripheral, but it's the, whole body experience of that i'm even you know my body's reacting to that my fur standing up you know (laughs) just take a breath and just be now that doesn't last in fact you can't grab it you know what i mean you know of course you know what i mean you can't grab it but every time that happens it awakens that memory a little bit more does that make sense do you agree yeah, yeah, it, it feels like the remembrance to me. I mean, people, I guess, would call it presence, right? You're being present, but to me, it, it's that remembering that connection and being that. I mean, it's even beyond that, and that's why I think it's so difficult. These words you can't articulate some of these things, but it's for me, it feels like I'm in the midst of everything else. I'm remembering for a split second, and I feel right. it in my whole body. I feel it in my whole field. And then, right, like you snap out of it because something happens. You hear a siren or, or, or whatever, you know, the dog drops a ball on your foot or, or whatever. But it, it can feel real fleeting. But to know that it's always there and you can always yeah. come back to it, right? Like that, that I think was the piece that meant the most to me when I was going through that tsunami in my life was, I saw, right, like I saw how I was losing every, or looked from the outside like I was losing everything. And yet there was this feeling deep inside, this knowingness that all is well. It sure as hell doesn't look like it, and it kind of didn't feel like it. But there was this deeper knowingness that all is well, and this too shall pass. And like not even understanding why or what or, or all the mechanics, but just being like, that's enough for me in this moment. That's enough. And that's a great phrase, you know, that um, I use on certain occasions, this too shall pass, you know, to remind me of the flow, you know, the flow of life is going to continue, whether I try to segment it or not, or dwell, you know, in some place that really, 
after a few minutes doesn't exist anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> why we throw it in this bag called the past. Um, I want to ask you a question. I'm curious your take on this. Uh, you used this word a while back, and people are familiar with it. Uh, and that word is intuition, that um, we reach the, the kind of communication you described. Basically, what you said, Anna Maria, is that it's with our intuition. Can you sort of yeah. riff on that, what that means to you, intuition? Yeah, that intu- intuition to me is like the broader banner of our intuitive energy channels. So, you know, just like it, we're wired to hear things in the physical and see things in the physical and feel things here, just like that, our energetic bodies are wired to see, right, in the non-physical, in our mind's eye, or to hear in the non-physical, in our mind's, our mind's ear, those things to feel energy that we're not seeing, that we don't have um, we don't know what it goes to. And then the knowingness is that can drop in. So I think it's important that we understand that we say, we call it intuition, but there are some very specific energetic workings that are happening. And so I like to help people understand that. In fact, in that the first section of the book, I step people through that. Like, what is the mystical in nature? And and this is how you might experience it, right? Because each of us, we are unique and, and we're wired just a little bit differently. And so some people, you know, just like they're predominantly right-handed, they may have a predisposition to see things either in the physical or in their mind's eye and to lean into that some. And they're all like muscles. We can develop all of them when we start to put our attention and our intention on that. And we can really, right, develop those muscles. And I like to teach people to be multi-sensory where, because it all comes in and sometimes all at once. But as you begin to dissect it, you can start to see, oh, that's a thread of knowingness versus something I saw or something I heard. And then to start to even look at, okay, that voice I heard, it kind of sounded like my thinking voice, right? Like when I'm reciting my laundry list in my head, but that didn't feel like me. Okay, so how can I then start to distinguish this? Because I think there are distinctions and discernment that can happen that we do that helps us not dismiss these things. Because I think they're happening all the time. And we forget, we've forgotten. And one of the highest compliments I've gotten on the book is people will be like, I'm only in the first chapter and all of a sudden I'm having these other experiences, right? The bush in the backyard or, ooh, I just had my whole body tingles or the mountain or the lake or or even my dog. And I feel like, you know, that's why those stories, those personal stories in the book are so important. It's like that four minute mile before someone did it, no, no one thought they could do it. And right. so when we hear right. these stories, when we hear something explained, then we're like, oh, we, we can kind of, our mind can chew on that while our intuitive aspect, right? Our subconscious mind can go exploring. It gives us something and it brings it together in a way that's easier for us to digest it and less likely for us to dismiss it. Right. Very, uh, very gratifying for you as well when you uh, get that kind of feedback. Yeah. um, In workshops I've done, uh, quite often I get the question on either animal spirit guides or nature. um, How do I know it's not my imagination? 
I have a response to that, but I, let me ask you first. How do you? How would you answer that? I'm one of your students, and I go, "How do I tell the difference?" That is a very popular question, right? And I love because the first thing I delve into is imagination is the portal into this whole world. So we don't want to dismiss it, right? We say it like, how do I know it's not just my imagination? And I think about, you know, playing with kids and they do have this great sense of imagination that literally transports them into other realities. And they do have that friend or that unicorn that's out in the backyard or in the woods. Um, and I'm thinking about off many times where we've been out in the woods with the grandkids and I've sensed something there and then they'll say it. Like, oh my gosh, I see a, you know, a wolf pack or something. And they're not even necessarily feeling it from this dimension now, but they're feeling an imprint from another time. And so that has been really fun to dive into and not dismiss imagination. And the yeah. second thing is we start to ask, we can go in and ask it questions, right? I'm a big one on creating a container. So if I have a question, that I'm needing guidance on, I'm not going to play these one-off psychic guessing games, right? I, I'm going to be in a space. I'm going to use my breath, which is the element of air. I mean, this is a big deal. That's life force energy that I'm taking into my body. When I couple that with my consciousness, that activates something in the energetic field. And mm -hmm. that allows me to access these other realms, to access that divine mind. And so when I create a mm -hmm. container with my breath and I go in, I already know that I can trust what's in there. If I'm constantly playing these silly psychic guessing games with myself, I'm always going to have evidence against myself and, you know, stacks of reasons why, oh, well, maybe I can't do this. So I believe in being very intentional um, and, and, and going in and asking, right? Asking more questions. I mean, I also, as people can see, I'm, I, tr I value that skeptical side. I don't let it run the show, but it's important that I feel into those questions. So to me, nothing gets thrown out, but it's all welcome in that space. And yeah. those questions start to dissolve and that doubting your doubt becomes my mantra that I live in that space. Because if I go too long without experiencing something really magical, I know I'm out of alignment. I'm not in that space. And I need to, even my partner recognizes this. I call it when I get a little twitchy and he'll be like, how long since you've been out with the trees, right? Like, <laughs> hang out with your friends for a little bit <laughs> oh that's great no I, I i share a similar view about imagination my response typically would be uh well how do i know it's not my imagination and i just go well of course it is you know and then explain a little bit more along the lines of what you're talking i the term i use is, is a bridge it is you know a bridge. and you can learn how to discern you know what's coming in through the imagination whether it's defined as fantasy pretend or there's something bigger that's going on. And the beauty of it is, again, is I see more and more people in, uh, for lack of a better term, that are involved in some way in this awakening process. And I think there needs to remain, uh, I loved your comment about that, you know, skepticism, to healthy skepticism, you know, be skeptical, but be a scientist, be in this pure yes. sense a scientist, you know, go and experience it. Go and stand in the park and sit there and just breathe 
I love that too, the container. And look at the way the, the, the breeze is blowing the trees and how long these beings have been here, you know, before our species arrived yes. or evolved would be more accurate, or maybe it is arrived, you know, <laughs> depends, on, depends on who you talk to, you know. And also um, the information that's come in from the James Webb telescope just is fascinating to me yes. because frankly, um, looking at a little small, little tiny pebble of area to focus on and see hundreds, if not thousands of galaxies, puts everything right in perspective, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. Hey. I always say I like to hang out in that sweet spot where science meets the spiritual because we don't, right? We live a life of faith. We don't need answers, but there are places where science is showing us, right? Like they've measured the harmonics coming off of trees and rocks, right? So we're not making this up when we talk about like tree auras and things like that. There's actual scientific measurements that have been done. And so like you, I'm such a geek with that web telescope. Like anytime someone's talking about it or showing a picture, I'm like, let me see, right? Like it's like the most exciting family vacation photo. Who's right. Ever? Yeah. I, I think I saw Aunt Jane on that one galaxy right there. You know, how'd you see her? And something like that. But it is, it puts things in perspective that, you know, there's semi uh, aphorisms come to mind. You know, we're guests here, but we've lost that reality. We've lost that focus as being guests. You know, uh, 8 billion people. You know, oh, James yeah. Lovelock said, yeah, we could reasonably support about a billion, you know, this planet, this rock, this beautiful, beautiful planet that wow. is a source of, of suffering. It's a source of beauty, immeasurable beauty, you know, yeah. and what we do is as a human being is we, as best we can, you know, put it real simply, be a good listener, Yes. you know, and then respond to what you hear. Anna Maria, you know, we could go on and on. I find so much uh, of what our sharing is, is, uh, you know, very similar in so many different ways. And again, I refer back to uh, a few terms you use, the reflection, the animal, or the tree presents to you as well as it's a reflection of something inside you. You know, that the, these parts, so to speak, um, are part of us, you know, very much so. And the other term I love is collaboration. And I, I would encourage people uh, to look you up, to find your classes, uh, pick up the book on nature, in the sentient series, you know, learn more about uh, you because I think you have a lot to really offer. So I trust that um, anyone who's happening to listen to this, you know, check her out, you know, check out her work, etc. So um, any closing words, you know, words of advice or counsel or anything like that, Anna Maria, before we quit? You know, I, I just always feel so much like the poster child for if I can do this, you can do this, right? Like whether it's talking with animals, whether it's talking with nature and to lean into those possibilities. If yeah. There's so much more going on than meets the eye. And it's all for our expansion and our betterment and, and us to really have 
life-changing experiences on this planet for ourselves and those we come into contact with. So if you're resonating with any of these things we're talking about, then you are definitely in the right place. And and I would would love for you to connect with me. Uh, If you go to my website, you can sign up on my email list, which lets you know what I'm doing, where I'm at, what I'm offering. And it gives you a free gift, of course, top five ways to connect with animals in nature. And so Uh, more in the spiritual, some of it's more in the energetic, some of it is more practical things that we can do. So I'm grateful for this opportunity. And I'm so glad you're having these conversations. It really means a lot. And your website is? Intentiontraining.com. Intentiontraining.com. Again, it's it's been a great experience just having uh, the time with you here because uh, we I know we both have very busy lives and you know have a, a an opportunity like this just to converse about things. You know, uh, I feel like you're a soul sister. You yes. know, in so many ways. You know, and I don't use that term easy, you know readily. You know, right. for anyone or so. lightly. Yeah, but there are certain folks who are like, oh, kin. <laughs> yeah, same pod. You know, somebody yes. said, you know, we're, we have these soul pods, etc. Anyway, dear. Thank you again. Uh, blessings to you. And again, thank you for your service to the, service to the world. I appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. And I hope you join me for future episodes where I'll share some powerful healing practices and meditations. Introduce you to some amazing guests and friends of mine who will stop by for some conversation. And on occasion, I'll pull some oracle cards from one of my decks and do readings. I'll also share some of my original music that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to my show page on mindbodyspirit.fm where you can also get the free mobile app to listen to any of my shows or find some new favorites. If you'd like to contact me with questions, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram or send an email to info at drstephenfarmer.com. You can also find lots of material on that website, drstephenfarmer.com, so please feel free to explore. Please also know that by sending a question, you're giving me permission to possibly use it in a future podcast so others may benefit from it. And to close, I'd leave you with the four most important words to take with you. Gratitude, love, compassion, and forgiveness. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.